the end of the first paragraph of Shmuel Aleph, we saw that after two years, Hannah brings Shmuel to the base of Migdash. This is where he's going to remain. It was fulfillment of a prophecy or of a promise that she dedicated her child to Akadish Baruch for of his whole life. And we saw the Chazal tell us that when she brought Shmuel, she brought a carbon as well. And Chazal tell us that they didn't have a kayan to share the cargo. They're looking for a kayan. And Shmuel, of all the time, said, you don't need a kayan to share. A non kayan is also allowed to share. So Eli was the kayan. God or Eli had instituted that kayan should be the ones to share. And they brought Shmuel to Eli that he's disagreeing. He's claimed that even a non kayan can share. And Chazal tell us that Shmuel proved he was right, that Shrit does not need to be done by a kayan. And Eli said that although, even though you're right, the Allah is like you, but nevertheless, Chayv missed that before being married if they're Rabbi. And uh, obviously, the question was the question how can Shmuel be Chayv miss it? There's only two. But uh, the answer that. Uh, and who was his Rab? Sorry? And who was Rabbo? Rabbi was, uh, he was a god Ladar, so that's called Rabbi. Oh. But uh, there's only two, why would he be Chayv? So they bring it from them a number of Bali Musa, and that is, if someone of two is clever enough, knows enough to be able to disagree with Eli and Halakha, then they should also have not enough, that it's not the correct thing to be married around the Torah. You know, there's a mitzvah which is based on the person cycle, and if you have the right to, then you should be obligated in that too. And we saw that Chana begs on Shmuel's behalf, in Pasuk Chavav, we have to tell him, Be'adani, Chaynash Chazanish Meksa Shva, and here, Isha and Itzavis in Chapav in Chapazel is Badan Hashem. I was a lady who was here to Davin to Hashem, and Ranai Razel is Palalpi. So Chazal added in the extra part of the dialogue, and Eli said, Well, this child, he has uh, a certain element which isn't good about him, or he did wrong, I'll Davin feed him another child. And Chazal just wants that, and Ranai Razel is Palalpi, I'll Davin for this child. I don't want to live in charge. And not only that, she says in Paul Tukhafes, And not only that, I'm very dedicated him to Hashem for his whole life. Now, what is the argument that Shmuel, that Chanda says in Shmuel's behalf? So really, there are a number of different points here which she tried to bring to Eli's consideration. First one was, and that is that Shmuel was born by a nest. Like we saw, the fact that she had a child and the fact that when it came about, it was a, a nest, and that's how she begins. And she says, if you remember the story, I was a lady living here, someone who had no hope of having children, and nevertheless, Hashem gave me a child, and therefore, there's an understanding, Hashem does a nest, it's not for nothing. That's the general uh, principle we have in Tanakh, if Hashem does a nest, there's a reason. And therefore, what was saying is, if this child grows up, then one day he'll become a leader of Christ, or one day he'll become... Uh, somebody who's great in his own right, it justifies the nest, so to speak. Whereas if you're going to cause him to die now at the age of two, so he looks the nest for nothing. Uh, that was the first argument. Uh, the second point was, she said, And this is the child gave my child, what I asked for. And therefore, the, what did she ask for? So she asked, like we said at the beginning, that she didn't just ask for a child, she asked for someone who would be a tzaddik. We saw in the Russian of the Tvila, 
ושאז חוזר האנשים צדיקים, רבי סוד ופרשים אבל זה, and therefore she's saying that what complete concerns the Aries concern that Shmuel grew up to be a Russian, he's showing tendencies of doing things wrong, is like the opposite. Adamin should be a tzaddik, and I see how Kodesh Baruch will fulfill that request, and therefore I don't think that it's going to be an issue when he grows older, he'll be a tzaddik. And not only that, if Ali would have had an issue with the chinuch that Elkan and Shmuel, Elkan and Khan were providing Shmuel with, and that's why, that would be the reason for he did wrong. So Khan says, well, from now on he's in your two village. From now on he's staying over here. And therefore, you can't blame us for this feature either. Now, this was interesting. Because, like we saw, from the age of two, Shmuel lived in the, in the Mishnah. Which means pretty much Eli the Kohen God was responsible for him. Eli the Kohen God brought him up. This wasn't something which the Kohen God often used to do. The idea of bringing up a child was, was something which was not part of the Kohen Gadol's uh, duties, not part of his responsibilities. So what was the Yisrael over here? Why, why did Eli agree to do it? So there were two factors which we really saw that Eli got involved in the story, which is, the first one is, he attributed Shmuel's birth to his brother. We saw previously that Eli wrongly thought that Shmuel was drunk, and he called her off for that. And as a result, which was, he was questioned for Kshayim, like we saw, and therefore he felt compelled to bless her, that Akash Prophet would give her the child she was dying for. And therefore, Shmuel, in, a little, in, in some way, was a result of Eli's tefillah. That was the first point. The second point, and it is, it's also maybe a little bit of a Shlajishma uh, perspective, but uh, from when Eli came, from Shmuel came back to Vesemisha too, so Eli could already see a tremendous potential. Somebody could already pass Malach at the age of two. So Eli was worried about uh, that it would be, in, in, in fact, failure in his middle of his development, but that wasn't the case. You could see this is somebody who has within him the potential to be somebody great one day. And like uh, we told the story of Yishwan Sananta last time, sometimes from really from childhood, one can see who's going to develop into a future leader of Kaisra. And therefore the incident with uh, why Shmuel, why it happened that he had to marry a rabbi of course, it, uh, it, it wasn't something which he was happy about, but nevertheless it showed him a side of Shmuel's potential guidance which would also be a reason why he would be willing to willing to invest in bringing him up. Okay, so that's the end of the story. Instead of Shmuel getting killed for being where out there, but Eli agrees to accept him as a, as a, really as a, his responsibility. And he bows down there to Hashem. Who's he talking about? The Pasha says, the Rashi says, it's talking about Shmuel, which means now that Shmuel, that Eli is taking him to Mesa Migdash, he's training him how to do that later. The first thing he's trying to do is to bow to Hashem. The other just says talking about Elkanah, in which case it's Shmuel's father, in which case it's a bit out of context because we haven't mentioned him in the whole parish. Um, Shmuel brought, uh, brought him up, Khanah brought the carbon, the dialogue was between Khanah and, and uh, Eli. So why does it bring it on? Elkanah bow down, if that's the, if that's the way the Mephoshim, like the Rashi and the explain it. You have to say that the Maisa, that was a kind of taking leave of Shmuel. And the Din was when a person leaves the best and he has to bow down. So they left Shmuel there, and then afterwards the, the, his parents left, so to speak, which means that they bowed by leaving, and therefore he was left on his own with Eli and Bessim Mikdash. I don't understand. The, the, the story, this is Chazal being Darish's story. And they bring it from the past of the book, which says in the past of Hafei, Vayishchot HaSapar, Vayivis Nair Eli. Yishlech to the carbon, and they brought Shmuel to Eli. What's the one going to do with the other one? It's two separate incidents. 
on that, because I understand that because of the Shvita Safar is what, what made them bring the narrative in. It's like a big story coming out of... Uh, yeah, out but of Chazal, remember, Chazal of Misar. They're telling us the story of the Heaven Misar, mm-hmm. not because they, they learned this from, from the past. So this had to be, the Misar was handed down. Right. Right. Because we read in the Pasuk, we don't see anything else. That's the story. So now, Shmuel, Hannah has fulfilled her her promise. She's brought Shmuel to to our Kaddish Baruch where he's going to remain. And now we have the Tefillah of Hannah. Now, we know that besides of being a Tefillah of gratitude, which we know it was, this is also why we call Hannah one of the seven Nebiyas, one of the seven prophetesses, because we find that this Tefillah that she was about to learn was really not just a reference uh, to her personal salvation or her personal gratitude for having a child, we know that this Twitter was also, uh, is, uh, so to speak, prophetic in foretelling what's going to happen to the Jewish people. Uh, what did Khan have in mind? Pashas, she was talking about herself. And she was grateful for the laser she did for her. Does that mean that the references to the speech of Ka Yisrael is only, by the way, is only something we don't from the circle, which is Hannah understood herself and had in mind as well? Can you read that as well? In other words, there was two parts to Hannah's Twitter. The one part, which was her gratitude of having a child. The other part was the understanding, at least something, some kind of a nevur, what Shmuel was going to do in his life. So even though it's not a little child, but there was a certain inkling that she had of the great role that Shmuel was going to play in Kla Yisrael, and therefore a lot of the, the nevur refers to uh, what's going to happen in the future, either in the life of Shmuel, or in the life of Shmuel's two prodigies, which were Shalom Melech and Dagra Melech. Okay, so that, that's the, the, the other interpretation of the Shira, and there's obviously nothing Shana would have known at that stage, and therefore we have to say that there was a certain element of the Nebuah, what she said, whether she was aware of exactly the implication of it or not, of what it refers to. Does a prophet usually know what, what the Nebuah that they're saying is, or it just comes out of their mouth? Does a prophet really always know. understand uh, the, the concepts of what they're saying. So it depends. Sometimes the novice is given a very direct message, which means go and tell this person this is what's going to happen. Of course, understand the message as they're told to say. Sometimes the verb was given in a way which a novice describes something with a marshal, or in the, in, the, in the words of Dr. Psukim, in a more lyrical style. And now the question is, did he understand that these are the words he was told to say, or would he understand the interpretation of what he was saying also? And they always ask this Shaila on the Nevuim who foretold the, the time of Mashiach. So they, we have many, many Nevuas of the time of Mashiach. Did the Navi actually see that? Was the Navi told by Hashem, this is what you're going to say to describe Mashiach? And the Navi dutifully told us that. But he didn't himself, uh, in his mind's vision, see the Mashiach or see what the world would be like then. And uh, this is a question really how the Mephoshim explained to him. In other words, when the, when, when the, when the Navi gave various uh, descriptions of what the Moshe Mashiach is going to look like, so are they meant to be taken literally? Are they meant to be a marshal? And if it's meant to be a marshal, does the Navi know the nimshal of what he was saying? He's just saying the marshal, Hashem told him to say. And they different, different, definitely are different daggers of the Vah, and depending on the dagger of the Navi would be the answer to the question. For example, when it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu, there are also a number of times Hashem gives Moshe the Vah of what's going to happen in the future. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, then the Chazal said that Hashem showed it to him. It wasn't just he was talking about it, he saw it. Whereas other Nebim, the Moshe says, they were told 
what the what the marshal they were meant to say was, and what, and sometimes they themselves I don't understand what it's meant to mean. So how much they they actually foresaw to how much they were just told what what, what to say, would depend on the Dawid of Nabi. He also by Khan. We said that there was an element of Nabi to her to her share, like we're going to see. Was Khana herself aware of that or not? We have to look for eyes, it's not so clear. And especially according to the Nagan, that the uh, Shiraz Khan wasn't just about incidents which are going to happen in the night of Hassan Shmuel. Really, the Ghanian inspiration to Shiraz Khan brings a whole of Jewish history from, from Matan Torah until, until he was a Sheikh into, into the song of Khana. We had it separately. Like how the Ghanian learned the song, after the track, we'll go back to Sunny Tapsukim. And you'll see the God's interpretation. But then again, did Khanna see that, hear that, understand that? Or she was saying the words which Alpina Vur could be interpreted uh, in a way which is referring to the Asadava as well. Anyway, and said that, let's look at the Psukim, let's begin them. We'll start firstly with the Pashat Shah, which is Khanna being grateful for what Hashem, the Nes Hashem did for her. And then after that, we'll go to where this is referring to incidents in the life of Shmuel, foretelling what's going to happen in the life of Shmuel. And then Bezashem, when we finish the whole year, we'll go back and see um, the appearance of the Vilnagon the whole way through. Okay, so we have a Tisbael Chana. Chana Davids. And this is a fill of Thanksgiving. She says, Olatz, Nibi Bashem. Olatz is a Russian of happiness. Yeah, like we have uh, a few times it's looking. Yaltsu, or whatever it is, Yalotsu, or Yalotsu, which is a similar word, that they'll be happy. And that is, honestly, my, my heart was happy. My heart was uplifted by Hashem. Rama Karni by Hashem. My Karen, my horn, so to speak, which literally means my power to fight, or my weapon was raised by Hashem. Racha Piyal Oivai. Hashem gave me the ability to open my mouth against my enemies. Ki Samachti Bishwasecha. Because I rejoice in you and your salvation. Now, What's Khana talking about? Who, are her, who is her enemy? Oh, Which enemy is she talking about? So Rashi and Radak, say her enemy was Pnina. Her enemy is Pnina because Pnina used to always taunt her for not having children. And now that she has a child, so she can kill her, she has what to respond. Once again, it's a little bit strange that that was foremost on Khana's mind. You know, when she didn't have a child, that probably added a certain amount to her pain. Now she does have a child. Uh, that's uh, not that significant anymore. The right now, if she has a child, which is for the pledge of Hashem, that should be the, the source of happiness. Why does she talk about the fact that I now have what to answer my enemies, and that uh, you know, I'm now in response to Pina, because Hashem saved me from from uh, from her clutches. Would you find also a Rachel that she says Asafilashimaschepasi? The Kherpa, yes, but she didn't call that her enemy. That's, uh, the fact that it's embarrassing for them. And people say that children, she doesn't have children, there's something wrong with them, what's going on? That's a certain embarrassment, I understand. And even today, people feel that their children so quickly have a feel that sense of embarrassment too. But the idea of a person would consider, therefore, someone else to be an enemy and is a completely different level. Right, and that now I've become an enemy. So, therefore, this is one of the reasons why. There's a second interpretation to the Shira also, which is the early Yenison tells in the Targum over here, and she says that we're just talking about the future, what Shmuel's going to do. Uh, as, and it's talking about different events in Shmuel's life, which is referring to. So the first thing he says is, Allah, Hashem, 
my they will be happy with Hashem because Shmuel is going to be the Navi of Ta'isha. And uh, it's interesting that the expression used for the Navi of Ta'isha is my heart is happy with Hashem. It's a reference to know from a number of times in the Navim, and that is that in order to be a Navi, a person to be Mitzayich Reb Shal Simcha. The Gemara says, and therefore the honest Navi Hashem. The the expression that Shmuel is going to be a Navi is he's going to, his heart's going to be happy with Hashem. He's going to be on the level necessary for Hashem to give him the word. That's the first point. Ramakarni by Hashem means uh, is he'll be successful in battle. Hashem will make him strong, strong in battle. We know that uh, the Shmuel, in one, in one occasion, led the war, or at least directed uh, the war against the Plishtim. Not he was a soldier, he was a Navi. But he directed Kaushal to fight the Plishtim, and that was successful in that battle. And that was the second point. Ramakarni by Hashem, the Rakhash will raise me, so to speak, my Karen, which means a sign of victory. Um, that's, uh, that's the second point. Uh, the next point, uh, that he brings in the Targum here, which is also interesting, another interpretation of Rama Karni Hashem, is that the Karen isn't referring to an element of showing the, like the bugle of battle, it's like the sign of victory in a battle, it's referring to a Karen as the horn in the Besam English. It's one of the musical instruments that they play in the Besam English. We know that Shmuel was a lady, and therefore Shmuel's sons, or descendants, were the Vim who sang by the Mizbech. And therefore, Rama Karni Vashem, the Targum explains, is that they're going to, my descendants from Shmuel are going to be the ones to sing Shira by the Besamish of Hashem with the Karen, with the horn and with the label and with the, all the other musical instruments that they, will, that they would use to praise Hashem with. Yeah, give me the ability to speak up against my enemies. So the what they're referring to. So this is another incident which began at the beginning of Shmuel's life. It's interesting, even though Shmuel wasn't so involved in this. And that is you're going to see in the original battle, uh, which Shmuel was still young at the time when it happened. The Plishtim were victorious, and not only that, they're going to capture the Arana Kodesh. And it took a few months, and the Plishtim suffered tremendously from having the Arana Kodesh in their, in their land, in their area. And therefore, in the end, they decided that they're going to send the Arana Kodesh back with a, with a carbon of apology, basically. To, and there was a tremendous Kodesh Hashem. And the Plishtim realized that they, they aren't able to have the Arana Kodesh, it's too, it's too holy for them. They returned to Kaisra. And that the talking explains Rachav Pialaivai. Now it's not just that I was successful against my enemy, I wasn't. At least I won that war. But Rachav Pialaivai, I have what to say, so to speak, to Kiru, to to show that we that we have something above the enemy. And that is the fact that they themselves had to admit they weren't able to hold on to Kodesh. Because I was I was I was happy in your Yeshua. And this we find there at the time also that when they brought the Iron Kodesh back, of course, it was tremendous in Israel. Militarily at the time, they weren't able to fight back to get the Iron Kodesh back themselves. The Pishtim was stronger than they were, but nevertheless, the Pishtim on their own had to get the Iron Kodesh back, so they, 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 they rejoiced in that. And that's what Khalil's referring to. Like we said, it happened during Shmuel's lifetime. Even at the time, the Master Shmuel wasn't the leader yet of Israel. I was still during the end of the scope of Eliya Kohen, which was still very young. Okay, but that's the way I'll be, uh, I'll be the Targum explaining the, the, the Nevoah 
as, in terms of what's going to happen in the future, what it's referring to. So again, it says that Shmuel's going to become a Navi, his children are going to be the ones to work, to bring, to sing by the Mizbech, and uh, in his days, HaKadosh Baruch is going to bring the Shofar Kai Yisrael, not through their military victory, but through the nature Shem is going to do, which will give us the ability to be Rachafi, to feel a certain superiority, or importance of our enemies. How do you read the last three words? This is Pasuk Beis. This is the Pasuk again, which needs to be understood both in the chat and in the Drush. What it's doing is part of the Shir. So we understand the last part of the Pasuk is fit into the context of the Shira because she's talking about the fact that Kaddish Prophet gave her a child. So that's, she himself says that in Tzairi there's no one who can create like Hashem. And the Gemara explains this in Brach, the Gemara says that a person can maybe create something like a sculpture, a statue, whatever it would be, but to create one thing inside another that no, no, no person can do, whereas the Kaddish Prophet is Tzairi 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 Akash Prophet can create a child inside a parent. It's like it's a creator within a cre- uh, can create within his creation. And that there's a certain uniqueness to Hashem. Obviously it's referring to the creation of a child inside its mother, which is why it would be make sense that that would be something for Tana to be grateful for. But the question is where do the first two parts of the of the Pasuk fit into Hana's experience? In Kadesh Kashem Kenbiltaha. So we put it simply. And that is, it just means that she's saying that HaKadosh Baruch there's no one else to dive into. And no one else to dive into, and therefore I dive into you, and that's how I was answered. Uh, that's, that's a simple shot. If that should say, and Kodesh Hashem, so you have unfortunately explained that, we have to say the same kind of idea. And that is that HaKadosh Baruch is able to do what no one else can do, and therefore she calls that as being no one is Kodesh Hashem. But, Zakhara is another understanding here also. And that is just starting to turn to three different concepts. The first one, and let's look at Chazal because in each of those it's very accurate to Chazal say. Let's let's remind ourselves before I say a moment about the story of Bilam. And we know that Bilam got blinded. Why did Bilam get blinded? Because he said about Khadish Baruch that Umayna is Rabbi Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch decides when he's going to stand the Tariq down to this world. And therefore every time he creates Neshamas which come down to this world, so Hashem is deciding when the Neshama of a Tariq will come down. So the Nebiram thought it's inappropriate that HaKadosh Baruch who is Kaddish would be mistakal in a, something which he felt as being not Kaddish. And therefore, Allah Dov is a Nismes Enesh Bilam Arasha. It says, Misha Kaddish is Asak Vadvarim Somebody who is Kaddish would be involved in the creation of, of children, the creation of the Shamas. That was Bilam's perception of Bilam who saw the Mesa of creating children as something which was Tommy. And therefore couldn't understand why Hashem would be involved in that. Which, like the Rabbi writes and the Ravid writes, is completely wrong. It's a, it's a Mesa of Kedusha which creates in the Shama. And therefore, in response to that, Chana says, Ain Kodesh Kashem. Exactly Bilam said that how can something who's Kodesh be misasic in this? That's a sign of his Kedusha. Ain Kodesh Hashem. There's no one Kodesh like Hashem who can be involved in 
creating the shamas of, of Taisha, the shamas of Tadikah. That's the first point. And therefore, the Kodesh Kashem is very accurate. Is very accurate uh, for the context of giving her a child. The second point, the angel Tafa. There's nothing besides here. Uh, when do we say this lashon of the angel Tafa? So we don't have it. We say that. We said there's nothing besides for you. So Ein Biltech is talking about the Mesin Sheikh. What's the connection of the term? There's nothing besides for you, Mesin Sheikh. So the answer is that the difference between now and Yemosin Mashiach we know the difference between now and Yemosin Mashiach is that in this world we know that there's we say there's brach on the type if I've made it there's brach on the rat dynamics and the kira HaKadosh Baruch is looking to turn hogas sometimes with being good doing good if I've made some punishment dynamics ‫הההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
it doesn't come from anywhere. Lower than that, and therefore, Ein Kodesh Hashem. There's nothing in Kodesh Hashem, which means even though it gives the Shema to a person, the main thing is the he's even higher than that. It's like Chazal Teres, relation to you, but in Yeshem Elokeichem, Ein Kodesh Hashem. So this is the end of Kodesh in the child, it's the Shema. The second point, Kehipol Techa. There's nothing aside to you. And now, we're saying exactly what we said before, that Biltecha means that everything is only we see in one, like one, in one way. Whereas when there's a conflicting ways of doing something, we see Tov, we see Ra, we don't see that as Same thing, when Hashem creates a Ruach of a person, that's where his Mirasa. That's where his Yetzir Tov, that's where his Yetzir Ra. And therefore by a person, there, there is that, that change between, there's two parts to the person. There's a Tov, that's a Ra, but a doesn't exist. And Biltecha, there's only the Tov of Tov. And lastly, the Tzor Karakein, this refers to the creation of the body. And like we said, Tzor is Hashem is Mitzayah, the body, inside another body that refers to the, the, the creation of the physical part of a person and therefore this pasuk Khan is encapsulated thanking Hashem for all the three parts of the person which are created the Shema his Zerach and his body that's what we saw tonight version of the we'll see the the spiritual piece the history of what this pasuk is referring to